you're going to count. No, I don't count. You made fun of me last time. Welcome to the second episode of Missouri Swagger. This is Colin Bunn. This is Dennis Hopeless. And we are coming to you on location at Phoenix Comics in Peculiar, Missouri. The best name of a town ever. Peculiar, Missouri at Phoenix Comics. And we're here calling out a signing, and I just showed up. They added crashed my name it. to the sign. Yep. Which is nice of them. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do another another episode here. We have no... We're not, we obviously, this is very DIY. We don't know what we're doing. I'm told that our first episode, the sound is really bad because I forgot to put headphones on. So your expectations should be pretty low. Yeah, we're terrible. And my son, just so we all know, my son Squish is our cameraman today. Thank you, Squish, for being uh, our cameraman. He's doing a great job. Yes. Very steady. Very steady hand. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about comic books. Today. Yeah, well, let's talk. You know, we're at a comic shop. We're at a great shop. So let's talk about comic shops for a yes. little bit. We both, both of us worked at a comic shop at one point. I uh, yeah. got my feet wet before I was a writer of comics. I sold them at Pulp Fiction Comics and Games. And where did you start? So uh, I worked at fantasy, the Fantasy Shop in uh, St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Or St. Charles, Missouri. When was that? Oh my gosh, it was a long time ago. Very long, long time ago. But I would say it's safe to, I think it's safe to say that if not for working in a comic shop, I don't think I would be working in comics now. Because, uh, I, you know, when I worked, while I was working at the fantasy shop, I met Brian Hurt, who would become my collaborator on the books The Damned and The Six Gun, which really got my foot in the door at, uh, you know, working at any comic publisher. And Brian is definitely the only human who would draw that many horses with that. Yes. Yes. He draws a lot of horses. And and he's going to really feel great that I just said that it's pretty much thanks to him that I'm in comics. You think? He'll, he'll feel proud of himself. That's good. That's good. Um, and yeah, I, I feel the same. Uh, not because I... Well, no, that's absolutely... I met Colin... Or I didn't Colin. I met Kevin Mellon, who was the artist of Gearhead and Lovestruck, my first two books, uh, while I was working at Pulp Fiction. I was... Uh, I went to school to make movies. And I thought I was going to make movies, and then I moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where no movies were made. <laughs> Did you make any movies that you don't want to talk about? Oh, yes. In yes. college, I mean, lots, lots of movies. Lots, lots of movies. Lots of very low-resolution movies that are worse production value than this, believe it or not. Um, but then, yeah, Kevin came in, and he'd gone to the Cuba school, and he could draw. So I just said, why don't you draw my movies? Nice. And our first few comic book pictures were very much drawn movies that should not see the light of day. Did you do bad stuff before you got to the good, or did you just jump out of the gate? I was awesome. From, I was awesome from the very beginning, like right from. Cold as a as a short horror fiction master. Wait, right? wait, short horror. Short or I horror. am short. No, right? okay. You're not that short, but you're horror fiction. You're a master of the short short, right? That's a gross just out. everything. And just tell me this. Tell us. I'm trying to set you up for a oh, story. Oh, the gross out. the ball. Yeah, years ago, uh, when I was when I didn't know how to break into comics, I was working in. Uh, I, I wrote a lot of prose. A lucrative field. A very lucrative field of <laughs> prose horror stories. And uh, I used to uh, go to the World Horror Convention uh, every year. And one of the things that, one of the, the events that they have at the World Horror Convention is uh, the gross-out contest. And in the gross-out contest, you have to, to write a very short story, usually three to five minutes in length. And it has to be the most... A uh, horrifying, grotesque, offensive thing you can possibly uh, read. And you'd read it in front of a group of 150, 200 people, um, and they would give you a thumbs up or, or a thumbs down or a thumbs up if they wanted you to continue the story. But you really just had to do your best to make them want to fetch a bucket. Um, and uh, I entered it uh, four times, and I've won four times. Apparently I'm a really terrible human being. 
And, and you're fantastic at this really useless skill. It's very, yeah, useless didn't skill. Didn't you win the year the year after? Was it like an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing where you didn't even enter and you still won? Yes, there story? was a year. Well, we did a, we did an exhibition exhibition match. Uh, Jeff Strand, who fancied himself as my biggest competitor right. and biggest rival, we did an exhibition one year. Because I, once you win, you're only supposed to be able to win three times, and then you're retired. But I won four. So, oh, so that was the fourth. I, no, I, I won four. We hit, there was another an a, yeah. uh, an outlaw gross out contest that I I won as well. But yeah, uh, and I can't. You know, we have customers in the store. I'd share some of the some some lines. Maybe in a also future. Your son is right there. Yeah, but he he knows I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe at some point in a future episode we'll share some of our lines from the gross out contest. But yeah, it's awful. So yeah, we're here at the store. What what's what should we talk about? Comics we're reading. Are you reading comics? Comics, you know, I read a lot of comics, but we were just talking earlier. I buy a lot of comics, and then I sit on my, uh, they sit on my table. I just bought the new X-23. I just bought Century. Uh, you know, I, I just bought uh, the new Astonishing X-Men, and they just sit there, and they will sit there for a while. I read a lot in trade, though. I just uh, I just decided I was going to finish up uh, Black Science, so I've been reading all oh, of Rick, Rick Remender's yeah. Black Science like in trade. Uh, one after another, and that's super awesome. And then next up is uh, 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 Descender. I'm going to read all. Of, I've read the first trade of Descender, but now I have just a stack of trades. I'm going to read the read all of Descender in one yeah, day. I usually collect them up. I get them PDFs from some of the offices on Marvel, so I will occasionally read like two and a half years worth of books. I just read all of Gwenpool, which is fantastic. Um, and then obviously I read a bunch of Cloak and Dagger last year. It's mostly for work. Having little kids is hard because yeah, you spend so much of your Quiet time watching Paw Patrol and things that uh, there's not a lot of. You like you like Paw Patrol. I I like Paw Patrol in small doses. You like Sophia the First. Cases on the case. What you like Sophia the First? I don't know what that is. Uh-huh. I guess that's over. I'm Mama Llama is the one I don't get. I'd see I don't. now. That's this shows that our kids are at different ages. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just read Thanos, uh, Jeff Lemire's Thanos series. Oh, awesome. I hadn't read that when it came out, and I just read all of those in a big chunk. That was for research purposes. Jeff Lemire's a monster. It's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Jeff Very is the unlikable worst, human being. The worst human being ever. We both dislike Jeff Lemire. And he's a terrible. I mean, Cullen's awful, but I'm willing to stand next to him. Lemire here, I would just leave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I read, I still, and I still go to the comic shop. I try to get in every Wednesday. You do better than that. So. Well, you do better than I do that. I go about once every other month and buy a giant stack of Hellboy books that I have not read in four years. I want every Hellboy title, because when I worked at the comic shop, I was a huge Hellboy fan, still a huge Hellboy fan, so I bought all the BPRD and all the minis and everything, and it's become a line of books, and I have not touched one in several years. But I got them. Yeah. I collect them all like Pokemon. And, you know, all right, so let's, you know, all right. That's good, because you buy stuff when you go to the comic shop, and, yes. and, and these people are pushers, and they're pushing this product onto us, um, and that's okay. We love them for it. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is a, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I'm a big supporter of local comic shops. Yes. I, I, I want people to go to the local shops, and uh, and I think we're, we're living in an, an amazing age right now where there are so many different ways of reading comics. You can read digitally, and you can read... You know, you can download trades at one time. You can, you know, there are, there are different publishers who are publishing in different platforms, and that's awesome. But I will say that uh, it, when I when I think of the local comic shop, uh, it's a place that th- when you come to a local comic shop, you get something that you don't get in uh, when you're shopping online necessarily. You get sort of this camaraderie, and you get you get a community. You get people who can talk to you about the things you love, and uh, and you can and, you know you go in and you say, hey. Uh, 
I want to. I like this kind of thing. I used to go in and I just say, I want a comic that has mayhem in it, and they throw me a comic of some kind that is a mayhem filled comic. And that's the kind of thing you don't necessarily get when you don't go to a local right. comic shop. And uh, and I think that's uh, I think that's what makes these these places important. Uh, you know, make some. Uh, you know, I still remember the first real comic shop I walked into, and uh, and it was a magic. Was I don't know the name of it. It was in a mall. I, we were on a road trip. And uh, my Route 66, 1964. It wasn't, it wasn't 1964, and it wasn't Route 66. It was on the. I want to say it was on the way to Georgia, though. But we we stopped at a mall, and I and I don't know why we stopped at the mall on the middle in the middle of this road trip. My dad probably had to probably use the shut restroom. your mouth. You Maybe just shut me up. Shut my mouth. Um, I was apparently pretty awful on road trips, according awful. according to according to my dad. There was a road trip where they were on their way to some business meeting. And I made them stop because A-Team was coming on that night. And I begged for them to stop and check into a hotel so that I would not miss the new episode of A-Team. But, anyway, it was in a mall. It was uh, it was very brightly lit. And I just remember there were just tons of comics lining the walls. And I'd never been to a store that was only comics before. And then, yeah, it, it, it amazed me. Uh, it amazed me that there could be such a place. And uh, you know. I, have a, I have a similar story, but it's a little bit more sad. It was at a Stuckies <laughs> on a road trip. Oh, I love Stuckies on road trips. You know, some sort of cheap ice cream treat. Yeah. And then there had those bags of comics that had like two or three them. comics in them. They were, yeah. Which I think were just comics that were being sent back because they were coverless and oh, mine weren't coverless. Oh, they weren't. Okay. But I had a it was some random issue with Firestorm that I didn't understand at all, and then a Planetary. So when you brought Planetary back for your Tracks thing, I yeah, thought. it was awesome. What well, my first comic? Speaking of Stuckies, and those they were Whitman packs, is what I called. Okay. You know, Whitman because there were three comics, and they yes. usually had the Whitman brand on them. But also on a road trip, I got a Stuckies three pack, and it had an issue of Micronauts in it, where Bug from Micronauts is on this this planet that's full of other Bug creatures, and they're getting ready to start a civil war, and it was continued at the very end, and I begged. My parents to stop it again. I'm awful on road trips. I begged my parents to stop at every Stuckies in the hopes that I'd find another three pack that would have the next part of the the story. It did none of them. None of them. They actually packs. stopped. Yeah, yeah. We stopped. Many you're so terrible. Your parents should have just told you no. I'm very spoiled. Put you in the trunk. Very spoiled. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to go places where the comics actually live. Yeah. That the Stuckies don't exist anymore. So in the past, you have to go. In. There are still Stuckies, they just don't have the three packs of comics. What do they have? They Charge have keys. pecan logs. <laughs> lots and lots of pecan logs. I feel like they had those then, too. Um, but yeah, that was something I think I learned working at the comic shop. I didn't have a lot of comic shop experience before I worked there, but that so much of it. Like, this was before social media, largely, so there was no way to talk to like-minded folks about things that no one else cares about. Yeah. So if you want to complain, like, it was a man that was really upset every time Hal Jordan would do anything that a real military person wouldn't do, he'd be upset. So, like, if Hal crashed his plane because he didn't wear his lantern ring while flying, he thought that was wrong. He went on for an hour and a half about how you use all of the weapons available to you as a soldier, and that's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. There was no, you couldn't get that, because if you tried to talk about that water cooler, people in your office would ostracize you. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a picture of me when I was 13 or 14, and we organized a comic book club at my local comic shop in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and the shop was named Tales Resold. It sold used paperbacks and comics. And there's a picture of me and, like, 15 other people that was our first comic book club meeting. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting right in the middle, like, dark, dark, dark side and his minions. 
And, uh, and so you were running the show. I was running. I found that I went around the grocery stores and put up pictures or flyers that said, "Hey, kids, you want to talk about comic books?" And we, you know, we founded a comic book club. We met once. And that I was it. Think, yeah, I think we only met once, but I still have the picture of the first meeting. So did it go poorly? It didn't go poorly. I just don't think we were very organized. Right. And, and uh, we, I think we all stood around the back issue boxes, and uh, we all shopped and talked about back issues we liked. Well, based on the fact that we've been trying to do this for 11 months, I think it's your fault. Well, this is, happen. we've got two. Well, this probably is my we, fault. We do have two. It's I, weird to be standing next to you and talking to the camera. I know, I, pre- I much prefer you in another part of the country. Well, I can't see myself, so I can't, like, make sure I'm not moving around weird, but this is not. Yes. Did you like that? I did. I, I didn't, but I did. I both liked it. Didn't like. It. I don't know how much time we have. You've got to tell a story this time. Did you? Did you? Oh, I didn't realize since we were on location, we were telling a story. All right, I'll tell a story about my dad, um, and this will be a short one. Uh, you told a story last time in the first episode about your dad and how he he surrounded himself with ne'er do wells. Yes, he was like a pirate ship. Guy. Yes, and my dad very much was like a, a, a. He was the same kind of guy, and he. My dad did. Uh, uh, door-to-door sales for many years, and he believed that if you were a, that the best door-to-door salesmen were drunks because <laughs> they would go out and they do really well during you know on Tuesday they'd go out and they'd sell all day Tuesday and make a lot of money, and by Wednesday morning they had spent all their money because they went out to the bar and, and drank you know drank themselves broke again. So he hired, uh, he also liked to surround himself with ne'er-do-wells. And often we were driving along to whatever location we were going to do a sales job at. If he saw a hitchhiker, he would pick that hitchhiker up and then hire that hitchhiker to work for him. And, uh, yeah, he, and, and you've never met a group of, a hive of scum and villainy like a group of door-to-door salesmen selling, uh, coupons to have family portraits taken, which is what we were doing. So they just lie. No, they were just you know they were just good at so they had to hustle. You know, you gotta hustle to get that five dollars. And uh uh we had this guy Larry and that worked there. He was the drunkest of all of the drunks. And I remember one night we were staying at a hotel, a little hotel in West Virginia. And if you've ever you know, nothing against West Virginia, but the these vile door to door salesmen are the most vile when they are in West Virginia for some reason. And uh, we were all crashed at the same hotel room like you were uh, going to San Diego Comic-Con, and you had like 30 people staying there. And my dad thought it would be really funny because he knew Larry was out getting drunk at the hotel bar, motel bar. And uh, he set up over the door an ice bucket full of ice. And about, I don't know, 12.30, 1 o'clock, the door starts opening. And there were people sleeping on the floor. There were people in all the beds. And, and I was, you know, my dad and I were sharing a bed. And we both look over towards the door. It starts creaking open. And Larry comes stumbling in. And as he comes stumbling in, the ice bucket dumps on him. Oosh! And he stands there for a second. We're both laughing, you know, trying to keep ourselves from laughing. He stands there for a second with the door open. And then he slowly starts backing out. And he closes the door. And my dad says, don't move. And he gets up and he grabs that ice bucket and he fills it with water at the sink really quick and he puts it back over the door. A few minutes later, <laughs> the door starts creaking open and here comes Larry. And it just, boosh, just dumps him with water. And he stands there for a second or two, looks around. He knows that these are the people he works with. He has to. Or either he's just so blind drunk he can't realize it. And then he just slowly closes the door again. And Larry did not come back in the room that night. I don't know where Larry slept, but I will tell you this. 9 o'clock the next morning, Larry's like, let's go sell some picture coupons. He was raring to go like Lazarus. 
risen from the grave. It's possible he didn't know what the sensation was, but he knew it wasn't good for sleep. So but that's the, that's the kind of stuff my dad would do on those trips. So there's my dad's that's story. Amazing. Yeah, that's a good one. So anyway, th- so this was, you know, this was kind of a surprise recording for us. Yes. Dennis didn't know I was doing a signing. He came and joined me so we could do this in the I mean, same I obviously room. didn't think to plan anything to talk about, so it's off the cuff. I also very feel very awkward about our stance. My other fine. This is going to look weird. We're fine. This is, so that's even more uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a Sears photo. That's right. But we were, thanks for watching. Yes. Um, the we'll next, get better at this, I promise. Not soon, though. It's going to be it's going to be a while. I'm told we we're getting better. microphones. Everyone hated the audio in the first one so much that I'm being sent things. Yeah. So Kevin Mellon said he's going to teach us how to not sound bad. Well, I sounded awesome. Actually, I don't know. But when we were recording, I didn't. You didn't sound like you were speaking with the voice of Thanos. You think it's my voice's fault? I just assumed it was the microphone. No, it's the microphone. But when I was hearing you, you didn't sound so terrible. But then when I played it back, it sounded. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. You're not suggesting Thanos' voice is the thing to uh, aspire I would like you to do a Thanos' voice <laughs> in all your recordings. But thanks for watching, yep. folks. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, just uh, tune in next time.